Welcome to The Hort Report, a podcast by the GIME Horticulture Group. I'm Chris Manning from Greenhouse Management Magazine. Today, we're taking a look at greenhouse cleanout and sanitation. This episode is brought to you by Biosafe Systems. The guests on today's show are Eric Smith and Sarah Brackman from Biosafe. Eric and Sarah, thank you for being on today's podcast. Thank you, Chris. It's nice to be here. So the first question I have for you is, why is downtime so important for cleanout and sanitation? It's important. Clean-out sanitation is very important because it allows you to fully execute uh, proper line cleaning, uh, something that's tricky to do if you have a crop in production on the benches. Without cleaning your water's path, you know, it picks up bacteria, fungi, yeast, and virus, and efficiently transports these essentially to your plants every time you run your irrigation system. Now, is it worth it to clean and wash the surfaces before sanitizing? short answer is yes. I get this question quite a bit. And cleaning, which is using a detergent, is a step that's often skipped, but it's very, very important for eliminating organic matter. Organic matter, dirt, that can be both visible and invisible. And the visible is pretty easy to clean up, but what we often leave behind is the invisible organic matter, which you can't see with the naked eye. When you clean, you literally put all of the organic matter into an emulsified state that can be rinsed away. So once you do that step and you rinse it away, your sanitizing agents work much better and you get rid of all of the invisible organic matter as well. So sanitation and clean out, these are activities that really do deserve the extra time they take. And if you're taking this preventative measure and you're doing it properly with the right products, you will see a pretty significant decrease in insect and disease pressure. What about cleaning and sanitizing while you have a crop in production? This is a really good practice to get into. Uh, A couple things before you start this is to make sure that you have a product that's labeled to use when there's a crop in production and that doesn't have to be rinsed. This is especially important in areas um, such as greenhouse propagation or tissue culture. Plant material can be sensitive to certain things like bleach. I have seen damage from this a couple different times. So spraying down sidewalks and walkways once a week and keeping weeds out of the greenhouse are really good ways to keep pest pressure lowered all during the production season. Can you describe the best way to clean out irrigation lines? The first step uh, would be to remove um, the protective layer of sorts that covers the gunk in your lines uh, throughout the irrigation system. This is called a biofilm, and all bacteria can create this protective coating. Uh, sulfuric acid is an excellent choice for this step. Uh, we recommend using a product labeled as a sulfuric acid cleaner. There's a few different ones on the market. Um, this will penetrate the barrier surrounding the biofilm and allow the, the actual disinfectant uh, to reach them. Uh, the second part of that uh, is to complete the kill, of course. Uh, this can be accomplished with a high-level disinfectant. A good example of this is Sanidate 5. Uh, this product contains peroxyacetic acid, which we call PAA for short. Uh, which is the best oxidizer uh, on the market for very tough-to-kill pathogens. Uh, best of all, will kill the pathogens' reproductive structures uh, that are in dormancy, such as uh, the spores. These are especially hard to control uh, since the thick cell wall often allows them to endure um, almost any environmental condition. So this is one of the, this is one of the reasons uh, certain diseases are so difficult to get rid of. Uh, they're difficult to kill with traditional cleaning agents. And if you do, why do you think biofilm is overlooked? 
Uh, most importantly, um, established biofilm in an irrigation system acts as a near-endless source of pathogens of varying types. Uh, these pathogens are then broadcast throughout your nursery and greenhouse uh, every time you run your irrigation. And then, obviously, subsequently, um, you know, you spend many hours and uh, dollars trying to chase these issues around uh, because you're inoculating every time you run your irrigation. Uh, another reason is over time, uh, it can also restrict the flow of water through the line um, by reducing the inner diameter of the pipe as the biofilm grows. I've seen, uh, you know, cross sections of pipe where there's reduced by near half. So it's pretty amazing uh, in, its, in its later stages. Uh, I think it's often overlooked simply because it's inside the pipe, like I said, and is a perfect example of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind scenario. Um, however, I think it should be on the minds of all growers uh, as a serious pathogen issue, and uh, you know, addressing it could be a long-term savings opportunity. Now, can biofilm remain active or viable in the system during periods of non-use? Yes, it can. So even one small piece is enough to reinfect irrigation lines, which is why it's so important to use the right products and the right protocol when you go to clean out your lines. Bacteria and other microorganisms can remain in a dormant state until the right environmental conditions present themselves, in which case they come back to life like tiny zombies and begin their life cycle again. Now, what pathogens are harbored in biofilm in such an instance? Uh, They can vary uh, greatly depending on the water source. Uh, in the environment, uh, you know, pond and lake and surface water sources will have or can have different uh, pathogens as well as, you know, well and below ground sources will have different ones as well. But uh, pretty much uh, fungal, bacterial pathogens, uh, as well as algae, of course, uh, yeast molds and some viruses uh, can all be present at different times in the biofilm. Many growers will spray the floors and the benches of the greenhouse, but should they also be looking at the walls and other vertical services or fixtures in their structures? Absolutely. The reproductive structures of many types of bacteria and fungi are air, soil, and waterborne, making their spread to every greenhouse surface inevitable. So traditional spraying, like you mentioned, of the floors and the benches is a great practice, but if they're porous or if you're dealing with a vertical surface, it can be really challenging to get the proper coverage and contact time. So this is a great place to use foam. And this application allows better penetration on porous surfaces and allows for additional contact time if you're dealing with a vertical surface. So for diseases such as fusarium or pythium that are very difficult to control, this is a really good way to do it. Another effective way to sanitize a porous surface is with steam. Um, Many growers have built steam units in-house so they can sanitize their flat pots and benches. So I think that is also a worthwhile thing to look into. For the injectors out there, are there any procedures that they can do to keep their equipment in proper working order? Certainly, yes. Uh, An easy and cheap one uh, that folks who are injecting uh, PAA products like Sanidate or Xeritol uh, can perform would be the periodic use of test strips. Uh, checking the outflow of your emitters uh, with test strips every couple of months is a great way to be certain your system is, is staying calibrated, that your, your PPMs are where they need to be. Uh, if you see fluctuations one way or the other on the test strip, you know that you need to investigate a little further into the system. Uh, of course,
course, routine maintenance of the systems, like replacing the seals uh, every year or two, is something we would highly recommend as well. And uh, for those who inject their own fertilizers, you'd want to make sure you get a good solution of product uh, without the clumps that might, of course, plug the pickup line. Uh, along those same lines, if you're doing uh, wettable powders, you always want to make sure that you mix fresh solutions uh, to avoid settling and such that may cake up the uptake and you know get uh, into the pump itself and cause some, some lodging. So that's all I have for you guys today. Uh, Eric, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on The Hort Report. Thank you, Chris. It was great to be here. For more information, Eric can be reached at eSmith at biosafesystems.com. Sarah can be reached at sbrackman at biosafesystems.com. And be sure to find Biosafe at Cultivate 17 this year. They're going to be at booth 3635. That's a booth 3635 at Cultivate 17, which is just around the corner in July. <laughs>